Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're, You're listening, listening to the Podmania, Podmania Pro, Pro Wrestling, wrestling Podcast. Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast. We're actually finally doing our Dominion review. Almost two weeks after the show, we are doing a Dominion, a Dominion review. You can't say, Chris, that we haven't got our finger on the pulse of the wrestling community. I know, right? Like our latest episode was a, a review of a five-year-old show. <laughs> yes, our last episode was a retro NXT takeover review. Um, how are you anyway, Chris? Um, very anxious. Like, ba- like I feel, I feel like what the brave little toaster must have felt like just before he got chucked out. Because <laughs> that's that's just what it feels like with the current state of this country. Like, I just had a frozen pizza, which is the quintessential "I am lonely and also can't cook" food. So I'm I'm fine. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, Yeah, on a day where we found out that our Prime Minister is either going to be Boris Johnson or Jeremy Hunt, sorry, Jeremy Hunt, um, it's it's a sad day for Britain. Um, So we're hoping to bring just a little bit of brightness to your day with our takes on all things New Japan. Now, because we are a Garth down, um, we won't be reviewing Impact. Um, We'll be touching on the Slammiversary card next week. Uh, once we've got Garth's oh, the wonderful insights. Impact Review is basically Sandman, for fuck's sake. I can imagine, to be perfectly honest. I mean... He faced Killer Cross. That's, that's, that's Jesus that. Christ. I mean, looking at the card for Slammiversary, it looks a decent card. But like I say, we'll we'll look at that uh, in a later episode when we're not focusing primarily on New Japan. So the agenda for today ladies and gentlemen, is we are going to look finally and review Dominion, giving our thoughts and match ratings. Our match ratings have been up on our match ratings for a while now because, after all, the pay-per-view was nearly two weeks ago. We'll give our thoughts on the blocks being announced for the G1 Climax 29, the competitors that have been included and, of course, not included, and we will, of course, be checking out that first show in Dallas and looking at some of the more tastier main events. Um, anything to add, Chris, just onto the New Japan stuff? Um, where's Minoru Suzuki, for fuck's sake? But, you know, we'll go on to that. Well, yeah, the fact that Minoru Suzuki has missed out on a G1 is absolutely just atrocious. But when you look at the stacked nature of the G1, absolutely who do you put him in for? Who do you put him in for? Um, but again, we'll review that in a moment. Um, unfortunately, which, you know, I made mention of this at the, uh, the start of the last podcast we did together, Chris. It seems to become commonplace that we open with the death of a wrestler. And 
I would have loved for this podcast to be different, but unfortunately, it's not the case. Yesterday, it broke that Lionheart UK wrestler Adrian McCallum was found dead at his air home. Um, obviously, best known for ICW, but he's also taken part in TNA and WWE. Um, it's absolutely atrocious that this happened again. The police aren't treating it as suspicious, which, you know, basically tells you all you need to know, which is horrible. Chris, obviously you follow ICW a lot more and you are a lot more familiar with Lionheart's work than I am. And so I think it's probably best if you speak about some of his, some of his career. It's, it's impossible to imagine a Scottish wrestling scene without Lionheart. Like actually impossible. And I, I don't quite know how to put it. Um, he built, the Scottish scene. He's one of those people responsible. He's one of those people who were helping create this scene we have now, this thriving scene we have now, but never really reap the benefits of it. You know, like a Jody Fleisch, or to a lesser extent in terms of not reaping the benefits of Doug Williams. He was there before it was a good career move to be in Britain, before people flocked to Britain to try and build a career. Because it's just... When British Wrestling got big with ICW, he was there, and it's just, um, I, it's literally no words for it. He is the, but he's, he was the ICW champion, made him the biggest name in Scotland, and the fact that people didn't use him more always slightly perplexed me, because he's amazing. But the reason why when big stars came over, they had him go against them, like he's went against the likes of RBD, Nigel McGuinness, AJ Styles, infamously. Um, and it's just, it's so sad. It's no one saw it coming, and it's it's very haunting when you look on his Twitter. Actually, now in hindsight, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. No one had a bad word to say about him. There were some attention seekers I saw, some marks trying to get attention. Which, like, I saw one person and I showed him in the group chat, um, and he was trying to, he he was trying to basically guilt Chris Jericho who gave a touching tribute like along with a lot of other people did um guilt Jericho into coming to ICW and it's like don't use that as a fucking platform mate fuck off yeah and I see that. there's a few people there's, there's a few people like like that and it's disgusting but I can't I can't express enough what Lionheart meant to the scene but again there's a reason he got the call it's a shame he never got the chance at any of the big money but you know it's, it, it's a testament to him that he made a comfortable living off of this when it was very hard to make a comfortable living off of this. And he, I literally cannot imagine the scene about him. No, no, very well said. Um, incredibly, incredibly sad moments. Am I right in thinking that he wasn't the current ICW heavyweight champion? No, he was. was. He? he was. He, yeah, he was. He, act, he actually just unified it with a promotion in Ireland, which I forget the name of. Awful. Absolutely awful. Um, he, he, he only wrestled less than like he wrestled like five days ago. Yeah, he said his last day, his last match wasn't that long ago. Um, you made reference to his Twitter. Um, just just the day before, uh, he'd quoted Afterlife, the Ricky Gervais show on Netflix, with "One day you will eat your last meal, you will smell your last flower, you will hug your friend for the last time. You might not know it's the last time. That's why you must do everything you love with passion." Did you and... see what his last like tweet was? I didn't know. It it was off of the depression page, and it was like I'm not. Um, I haven't become happier. I've just become better at hiding hiding how sad I am. 
It's it's awful. It really, really is. It is. And there's just there's no possible way of comprehending what his family are going through or indeed what Andrew McCall Adrian, sorry, Adrian Adrian McCallum. Sorry, I was looking at the person who'd written this article and his name's Andrew. Um what Lionheart was going through beforehand is just absolutely horrendous and all we can say really is our thoughts, prayers are with all his family, his loved ones, and of course, just rest in peace. Hopefully he's finally found the peace that he clearly didn't feel. Bless you, mate. So, on a slightly happier note, Chris, because um, we will try and uh, move on from this now. Um, it's always that, but we'll try. It is, absolutely. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, we did mention the G1, we did mention Dominion, but one thing I did want to ask you is, have you seen the rumours that Gato has stepped down as head booker? I have seen that. and <laughs> it, it went, like, from... Yeah, he's definitely leaving to, wait, no, maybe not, in like an hour. So I'm really not sure what's going on with it. it the the speed with which the U-turn came was absolutely outstanding. It started as he'd stepped down before Dominion, to he's thinking of stepping down, to he has stepped down, to, oh shit, maybe this isn't happening, and nothing else has been said since. So <laughs> there isn't actually news to give you in this regard it's more a fact of this it was, is something it was like a chocolate rubber that episode yeah it was it was to me to you it was you know we'll give you more updates as they arrive but at the moment there is a rumor that gado is stepping down as booker of new japan it's not confirmed in the slightest but it has been reported on you know reputable sources so there's obviously something there. What that something is, I don't know, but clearly something is there. I, th- I think it would be ridiculous for him to step down as Booker when you consider, you know, not just him, obviously, but he is such a fantastic Booker, maybe not of the tag division, ironically, you know, considering... Maybe not of anything but the two heavyweight divisions nowadays, but... Yeah, when you consider he is best known as part of a tag team and he can't book a tag division, that's by the by. Um, But he has booked some of the greatest angles in New Japan in recent history. You know, everything, you know, the whole boom in New Japan from Wrestle Kingdom, what would you say, the end of Wrestle Kingdom 10 onwards? Okay, that has been... He he reliably builds a star a year. 100%. And when you consider what New Japan have been through. They lost Shinsuke Nakamura, who, you know, I don't think WWE fans, they obviously haven't had the full Shinsuke Nakamura experience, and we've discussed that on previous podcasts, but he was... They even have, they haven't even had the skinny Nakamura experience. No, they've had they've nothing. They've had the Nakamura experience. <laughs> they've had Nakamura light. Um, you know, he was the linchpin for so long of that company alongside Hiroshi Tanahashi. And then they recovered from losing him and AJ Styles and, you know, to a lesser extent, Gallows and Anderson. But, you know, they lost four big stars at once, you know, and they recovered from that. And they elevated Kenny Omega. To continue to grow, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and now, and now lost... Omega's gone and they've been doing well. Exactly. They've lost Kenny Omega, the books, you know, Cody, again, to a lesser extent. But they're recovering from that. So... You know, and that is, you know, certainly not just down to Gato, but Gato needs a massive, massive, massive pat on the back for being able to recover from what would have derailed other companies completely. I mean, look at Noah once Kenta left. 
Look at ECW once all of its roster left. Look at ECW once Rob Van Dam left. So <laughs> yeah, look at look at all Japan after um, Kabashi, Kawada, and Masawa left. I mean, I feel all sorry Japan, for all still Japan still hasn't covered. I was just going to say, I feel sorry for all Japan in certain respects because once they just got back on their feet, it happened again. Um, but yeah, hopefully, from a purely selfish standpoint, I hope Gado doesn't step down because I mean, you know, having come into New Japan from you know Wrestle Kingdom eleven, the you know that sort of era, I'd certainly would like it to carry on as it is. Um, it'll be interesting if it is true to see where New Japan goes or who takes over the reins. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Let's put I it can that see way. Liger, Liger's booked before. I mean, he's the one putting together with Jacob. I wouldn't necessarily hate that. Um, I mean, it's it's not like the junior division is suffering, so we could say, well, you know, he'd book a really good junior division because the junior division is, you know, exceptionally strong when you look over, at... Over, that's the thing. We weren't, saying, we weren't saying this at the beginning of the year. They built it over the super juniors expertly. Oh, the super juniors was one of the best... One of it's the, the best, best super juniors since I've started watching. It was incredible. What, what a tournament. And it's, you know it's going to be followed by an absolutely outstanding G1 Climax. And if you look at that for segueing, Chris, can we just take <laughs> a moment, please? Um, obviously, New Japan have confirmed the blocks for the uh, G1 Climax 29, starting on the 6th of July in Dallas, Texas. Now, not only have they confirmed the competitors, they've now also confirmed all the main events and all of the matches for that tournament. Now, the G1 Climax in Dallas that day is a week before the rest of the tournament, and it is going to be an A-block night. So there was several rumors that were quickly shot down that it was going to be all singles matches, similar to the Corican Hall shows uh, and the Best of Super Juniors, where both blocks had singles matches. Um, but it is just going to be A-block, and that opening night is going to be absolutely outstanding. Now... I'm going to announce the blocks first, and then we can have a little bit of a, a little bit of a back and forth. Uh, we've probably done this back to front. We probably should have started with Dominion when you think about the announcements. But hey. yeah, the problem is you accidentally created a really good segue, and you were like, "Right, I'm fucking rolling with it." Do you know what? Vince McMahon this segment. <laughs> this is good shit, man. This is good shit. Um, <laughs> so we look at block A. And it is as follows. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada, Will Ospreay. That's the first four. And fucking hell. Just just let that sink in for a minute. Tanahashi, Ibushi, Okada and Ospreay are all in the same block. That is followed by Evil, Sonata, Bad Luck Farley, Zack Sabre Jr., Lance Archer and Kenta. Yes, Hideo fucking Itami. Kenta of pro wrestling Noah fame is in the G1 Climax 29. So, first of all, Chris, initial thoughts of this yes. block? Um, Archer could have been replaced by Suzuki. <laughs> Who could have been? Archer. Right. Okay. And I understand that. As you all know, probably by now, Minoru Suzuki has not been placed into the G1 Climax. Now, Lance Archer... The Dallas show originally did not sell well. It didn't sell well at all. And Lance Archer was basically well, on the streets. After, of... the, 
after what happened after for the last US tour. No, that's one hundred percent fair. Um, also, basically, there were two teams. There was one who was the head of the Dallas show, and there was the one who was the head of the Royal Quest show that they're running in London at the end of August. And basically, that show in London was outselling the Dallas show by miles. And I think eventually they've just merged the two teams and that's why Dallas is doing so much better. But in that time, Lance Archer had taken to the streets of Dallas advertising that show. Off his own back, not on the company's dime. He was doing that off his own back. So the fact that he is doing that, I think that in itself deserves an inclusion. Now, Chris, I want you to search Mm -hmm. your soul. I want you to search your soul, my friend. Okay. Minoru Suzuki was in the G1 Climax 28 last year. Yes, okay, yes. I know exactly what you're going to say. You're going to say he wasn't as good, but he still put on several really great matches. He was... He put on more great matches than Lance Archer did in his last appearance. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say that Suzuki is not getting any younger. Suzuki is 50 plus now. Okay? No, yeah, he's quite he, he's the Garth of New Japan. He is the Garth of New Japan. His knees are fucked. By his own admission, his knees are fucked. He did not he put on several I don't want to say clunky matches, but clunky matches in last year's G1 and against opponents he shouldn't really have put clunky matches on against. And when you look at the talent that still hasn't got into this, I think Minoru yeah, Suzuki, it's... He is, his main program is with Jushin Thunder Liger. He's still going to be on the tours, yeah. just not in the tournament. And though that is extremely sad, we all know that Minoru Suzuki is fantastic, one of my favourite wrestlers in New Japan. And though I am sad to see that, Lance Archer had a very, very, very good singles match against Will Ospreay. Yes, I am fully aware it's Will Ospreay. Everyone has a great match with Will Ospreay. But Lance Archer surprised everyone in the New Japan Cup with how good that match actually was. So, potentially, maybe they're just saying, look, Killer Elite Squad is on the back burner. Obviously, Davey Boy Smith has well, been yeah, released from New Dave Japan. Left. So, potentially, this could be no, well, a yeah, new they, thing they, for Archer. They do need a new giant since Elgin left. So, it's, 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 a, it's a good... I think, I'm not completely mad at the decision. Like, March is probably going to put on as many really good matches as Suzuki would have. But, like, that... Pure, but, well, not purist, because fucking I want to subscribe to DDT World. But that part of me sort of just wants one. I want Suzuki last G1 to sort of be like the, a big occasion. This is Suzuki's last G1. But oh well. You say that, we haven't had that for Makabe. And Makabe didn't make this tournament. Yeah, but also Makabe hasn't been good since since my first, literally the first show I ever watched. So. Fair enough, fair enough. But, you know, Maccabee is a former IWGP heavyweight champion. I mean, so is Nakanishi, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank God he's not in the uh, in the tournament. So, just quickly, well... You know, I would have pick... been against... But the, the, blocks, the block itself, I'm really excited for, of course. Kenta. Ah. Um, Kenta versus Ibushi is such an amazing prospect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very interested to see how Kenta does, cause considering he's been... Like, he's had great matches in 205. Like, his stuff with Mustafa Ali was great, but he's not been having, like, that style of match in a very long time. So I'm interested to see how he adapts. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, his opening match, of course, is against 
Kota Ibushi <laughs> at Dallas. So <laughs> that's going to be absolutely insane. That's um, a good metric. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. You want to introduce the world to Kenta. Obviously, a lot of people have forgotten what Kenta can do. He had that brief that brief return to Noah to have that match against Marafuji, but even that oh, wasn't really against... Good. I, was I, forgot good about, I forgot about that, but that was really good. Really it is good. a good so, match. Yeah, I'm not, wor- I'm not worried anymore. <laughs> it was a good match, Chris, but it wasn't the Kenta of old. Yeah, but to be fair, the Kenta of old was six years ago at this point. That is a good point. That is a good point. But again, you want to introduce people and say, this isn't Hideo Itami, this is fucking Kenta. You've put him in the ring. The only other person that potentially would have been the same sort of caliber would have been potentially putting him in the ring with Will Ospreay as the first match. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought that match was happening too. Oh, God, Rob, this G1's so good. Already, <laughs> already. So, Will Ospreay, Chris. Yes. We have, and I'll go through the second name in a moment, we have two people who took part in the best of the Super Juniors earlier this year in this G1 Climax. Will Ospreay, for the- me had to be in this tournament, had oh, to be in this tournament. You look at his body of work this year, and I, you know, Kenta Miyahara, absolutely fantastic wrestler, has done some sterling work in all Japan, but there is not one person in the world who has got the body of work Will Ospreay has got this year. The matches Will Ospreay has put on, the amount of absolutely outstanding performances that Will Ospreay, matches that you completely forget, like, for example, the pack match at High Stakes Rev Pro. You completely forget that match. It was still an absolutely stellar yeah, it's, match. It's ridiculous for level of wrestling in 2019 that one person is so good that you forget what was in February a match of year candidate. He pulled an eight-star match out of Lance Archer. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake. He, he put Rocky Romero back on the map. He put Rocky Romero back on the map. He has single-handedly given every single person in the Best of the Super Juniors their best match of the Best he, of the he Super managed, Juniors. He managed, to, he managed to get Kevin Kelly to stop bearing Bushi for 20 minutes. Exactly. Can we just point out as well that last year's Best of the Super Junior final between Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori was my match of the year, and I didn't think there'd be a better Super Juniors match or a junior match than my Super Junior match. And Will Ospreay and Shingo put on... A mind fuck of a match, a mind like Okada Omega level. Yeah, that was on the Wednesday. That was the fifth of June. On the ninth mm. of June, he put on another absolute barnstormer against Dragon Lee. So it's ridiculous. Th- honestly, just the and just think now. Just let me give you some matches that are happening in this G one. Will Osprey versus Kenta. Will Ospreay versus mm-hmm. Kota Ibushi 2. Yeah. Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada. Right. Okay. I'm going to quickly say the match of the New Japan Cup was very disappointing, but also I feel like Okada will be trying a lot harder in the D1. Exactly. Ospreay versus Sonada. Uh, oh, God. Oh, like, all these low-key... Because Sonada was probably my low-key VIP last year. Yeah. Like, he was the most consistent worker. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Ah. Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. God, Rob, this is porn in my ears. And that's not even taking into account the match he's going to have with Tanahashi. I mean, for God's sake, I'm worried about Tanahashi in the G1 this year. (sighs) 
I'm worried. Like if... to be, ca- he's oh. very banged. He's he's very. He looks like Marty Janay. Like, and I mean Marty Janay now. <laughs> you look at this tournament. You look at this block. Mm. In that block, you know Hiroshi Tanahashi. We're going to go into Dominion later. He did not look good in that match he had on. It was the worst match of the card by by a good distance, and he did not look good. And obviously, they are trying to get this new finish over because you know by the looks of it, he just cannot do the high fly flow anymore. You look. You at don't who... debut a new finisher on Chase Owens who can't do anything. Well. I don't think it was even Sorry, Chase Owens. Okay, I think it was just botched completely. But if you are going to put yeah. Tanahashi in a block, you put him in a block with people that can carry him to a good match. You Which put him in a have. black. A black. A black? A block with Ibushi, with Okada, <laughs> with Osprey, with Sabre Jr., with Kenta, potentially. Okay, with Sonada. Those people are capable of carrying a good match. Okay, Sonada less so. We'll see if he can carry a good match. But... Tanahashi is still a very wily competitor. It doesn't have to be high fly flow after high fly flow after high fly flow. Okay, it can be just a brawling yep. match. So we'll wait and see. Now, block B, Chris, we'll move on to block B now, and that is as follows Juice Robinson, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, Hiroki Goto, Jeff Cobb, John Moxley is in the G1 Climax. Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Takagi, is also in the G1 Climax this year. Jay White, and the debutante, Tai Chi. Hey, right, so very quickly. Um, I've seen people say this is the weaker block, which, like, in some ways it is, but also, I'm trying... This is as strong as B block last year, which was a lot stronger than A block last year. If you Do you get my meaning here? Yeah, so like, it's still a really good block. It just doesn't have Will Ospreay and Kenta in it. No, no, they've made strong additions. You look at the people that have been dropped. Yeah, Yoshihashi, Togi Makabe, mm-hmm. Tamatonga, yes. yeah, and Omega. Mm-hmm. Now Omega, obviously, you've replaced but, with Will Ospreay, with the exception of Omega. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, like all that's just for fat being trimmed, really, like. Tamatonga was easily the most frustrating part of the G1 last year. Yeah. Like, holy shit. That was awful. Um, like, most of his... Like, Bad Luck Fale is one of the only people to go um, unpinned in the G1, and he finished on, like, six points or something. Yeah, he won three matches, which is just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. So I'm very happy that um, there's limited Gorilla's Destiny here and like it's not that Tamatonga, Tamatonga always made really a really strong match. Like he was, he's a really good wrestler with a somewhat unique style. But problem is, last year he was so frustrating that he needs this year out of the G one, so people don't hate him. And I don't mean like I mean like X back Alberto Del Rio hate him. Well, it's like just fuck off Tamatonga. Well, to be fair, if anyone hates him, he'll just go into the crowd and attack them because that apparently yeah, think, is his gimmick. Yeah, in, in kayfabe, but that's probably why he's not in. <laughs> I mean, you can barely blame him, to be perfectly honest. So, looking at this now, okay, you say this is, you know, mm-hmm. it's perceived as the weaker block. And I suppose, you know... Well, that's, the, that's what I'm seeing. I still think I still think this is a great fucking block. It's just this the is an block amazing A block. is stellar. Yeah, no, it's just that block A is probably the strongest block on paper in G1 history. Like, there's no... Like, with the exception of Archer, there's no real pinny is. Whereas you have 
this one where like we're with a couple somewhat obvious pin eaters. Like, as much as I hate it, Tai Chi is a utility player and he will eat some pins. As will Jeff Cobb, as will Juice Robinson. Yeah, um, Jeff Cobb actually had the match of the ROH title days before the G1. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, so, <clears throat> like, there's a chance we could have a Ring of Honor champion in this. I, I doubt it. I doubt it, but potentially, potentially. So, a couple of people to mention that are included in the block this year. Um, we'll start, of course, with one of the biggest names in this block, John Moxley. Yeah, um, to be fair, he's really done a great job at setting the world alight. <laughs> like, he's made the most of him leaving. And just and Markley versus Ishii is going to be disgusting in the best way. It is. It is definitely. Like mean, it's it's going to be like Goldberg MVP versus Taker, one. except worked. <laughs> you look at Ishii <laughs> and you look at yeah. everyone else in that block. Work rate wise, he is the MVP of that block. Everyone, and I guarantee Ishii. this, everyone will have their yeah. best match against Ishii. Um, I'm trying to think of people in this block who uh, I don't have the block in front of me, sorry, but I'm trying to think of people in this block who like just have magic together, and like um, all of them it does go back to Ishii. Yeah, like, Ishii, Ishii and Naito work magic together. Um, Taichi and Ishii work magic together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cobb versus Ishii is a prospect I didn't even think of, but yeah, everything literally does go back to Ishii. I really hope they give him a really strong tournament. Now, a couple of things. You looked at Ishii and Cobb. Now, once Cobb mm. and Goto was teased, um, we were all like, yes, we want this match, we want this match. And it was it was a bit of a wet fart. Cobb versus Ishii is like the evolution of that. It, like, in Pokemon the, terms... Wasn't Goto injured? Yes, but not for every match. In Pokemon terms... Cobb versus Goto is Bulbasaur. Jeff Cobb versus Ishii is Charizard. Now, I know they're not the same evolutions. No, don't... I was about to say, fucking Bulbasaur's better than Charizard. Fuck you. But Charizard would set fire to Bulbasaur, is what I'm saying. So not yeah, only is it an evolution is, above, it would also shit Charizard on it. Can, I hate... Bulbasaur's my favourite Pokemon. He's so, I've struck a nerve here with Robin. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone defend Bulbasaur so staunchly. He's, why, why? he's my favourite Pokemon. He's best... Say entirely again. Best boy. He's your best boy. He is best boy. He's right. the best boy. He, he is the Tai Chi of Pokemon. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. I apologise. I apologise to all Bulbasaur lovers out there. I know you are. You are many in number. Um, I can only apologise. Apparently, I've I've said the wrong thing here, and I, on behalf of Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, apologise to all of you out there. So, yeah, sorry. This, this is worse than the joke you had to edit out. <laughs> no, it's not. Absolutely not. Um, my concern with Moxley, going back to going back to this, my concern with Moxley is. Yes, with certain people in this block, he will have fantastic matches. He will have a fantastic match with Shingo. He'll have a very interesting, dynamic match with Jay White. I'm sure he'll have a fantastic match with Tai Chi. There are matches that he could potentially have clangers. 
because I'm ju- I'm just worried where that WWE worked sort of thing comes in. Now, yes, he had a great match with Juice Robinson, and the potential of that happening again and them just beating each other into piss is very very promising. But John Moxley versus Toriano, really? That's gonna be that's gonna be bollocks. But like my kind of bollocks, like close to DDT level bollocks, and I'm down with that. Either that or Moxley's just going to murder him, which I'd also be down for. I I just hope that we get the Moxley that beat the piss out of Juice Robinson. We John Moxley got an exciting one, got an entertaining match after Shota Umino. So I think we can safely say he's at least going to be giving passable matches throughout the whole tournament. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, what I didn't ask... Oh, no. Well, we should talk about the fact that Shingo fucking Takagi is in this tournament. I was about to fucking say, holy fuck. Like, actually, I cannot think of... That's that's the biggest surprise. Like, that's for one person. Like, we, we sort of predicted, with the exception of Kenta, maybe. But, like, we predicted basically everyone. Like, at the start of the year, we were like, yeah, Osprey's going to be on there. Yeah. And... All that we did not fucking think that Shingo Takagi, which to be fair, go undefeated. I, I think that should be a new thing. If you go undefeated in Super Juniors, you automatically get into G1. I think that should be a new thing, unless it's you know, Kanemaru. Um, so yeah, <laughs> the idea funny, Rob. you look at his Dominion match with um, Kojima, Kojima and that was a seven-star match. Really, really good match. Hard-hitting, just beating the piss out of each other. Now, do me a favour, Chris, and replace Kojima with Ishii. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Replace Kojima I know. with Cobb. No, exactly. Exactly. Jingo Takagi has experience. He was in the 2018 Champions Carnival, and I've, seen, I've actually, since going into All Japan a wee bit, I went back and watched some of them, and like, yeah, he's definitely qualified for the G1. Yes. Holy fuck. I mean, just think for a minute that we have Shingo Takagi taking on Tetsuya Naito. Yeah, exactly. That's a dream match and a half. Um, even like, the thing is, well, Shingo's going to be put next to Jeff Cobb, and it's like, well, they're the same fucking size. <laughs> Yeah, and then we've got to try like, and go back to the fact that Shingo's apparently a junior. Hmm. Just move. Yeah, we're almost meant to be coming back soon, so I think we're just flirting with moving him off anyway. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. No um, one needs more than three juniors, Bullet Club. <laughs> so matches that I am really, really excited about is Ishii literally versus anyone. Um, yeah, like I don't, I can't think of a bad Ishii match. No, I'm looking yeah. forward to the rematch between Moxley and Juice Robinson. Um, which I didn't think I'd say. Literally, again, Shingo versus anyone. Um, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm very excited for Tai Chi taking on Ishii again. I'm looking forward to Tai Chi versus Cobb again. I'm looking forward to Tai Chi and Naito getting a proper go of it instead of like an Azuka running spot. I think Tai like, Chi and was... Naito had... The actual match that was in that match was good, but the problem was those 10 minutes of bullshit around it. I said this to you because I think I watched that match before you did. And you did. I said that match quality wise, it was eight stars. Like match quality wise, it was eight stars. Tai Chi didn't miss a beat. Naito looked brilliant. We had a pile driver through a table. It was a, it was a good match. Um, the main event of uh, New Beginning and Sapporo. But we had 10 minutes of utter, utter, utter bullshit. And I know 
I know that we're going to have that in some Tai Chi matches. And you know what? I'm fine with that. As but long there's not as... enough time for 10 minutes of bullshit in the G1. It would be like a small amount of bullshit. See, that's then... what I mean. That's what I mean. I don't want to see it against Shingo. I don't want to see it against Ishii. Against Yano, fine. Oh. Don't mind that. Oh, Tai Chi versus Yano is like low-key match of a time. <laughs> I mean, he can even do it against Juice Robinson. I don't care about that. That is fine. Okay, but I don't want to see it in your hard-hitting affairs. I, I, we need to see the Tai Chi that's like, I have lost that fucking never title to... again. Yeah, we need to see Kawada Tai Chi. Exactly. The the one that he puts on against Ishii. That's what I need to see. I don't mind chicken shit rolling out of the ring. I just don't want to see just bollocks Tai Chi. That's, that's my thing. We haven't even talked about the fact that JY is in this block. I know. And he's, it's, it's so weird, but like, he's sort of been forgot about since losing the title, really. He Which has. it doesn't help, like, like, it doesn't help that there's, um, he wasn't in a big match in Fuoka. No, he wasn't in a big match at Ntaka, I can remember. Um, was he in, I think it, he was just no. in a tag. Yeah, no, exactly. He wasn't in a big match. Uh, for, like, the biggest thing he did in um, Dentaku was um, the, that excellent promo where he said Tanahashi was behind Goto, um, which is still my promo of the year. And then you have... Um... Yeah, no, because no, he, sing- he had his singles match with Goto, which was boring as piss. He had the singles match with Tanahashi at the um, Best of Super which, Juniors finals. Again, everyone is sick of. It was, was a and good by the way, I'm very glad glad we're not in the same block. But like, yeah, but everyone's sick of it. True. It's sort of like how Wonder Wallet was at one time a really popular song, but now everyone's sick of it. Every busker um, in the world knows that song. No, it's that Hallelujah and fucking for some reason, like we always know one Ariana Grande song was not never any of the good ones. What? Right. Like just... if a bus if a busker sung "Thank You Next," I would be very happy. Right, anyway, Chris, big question now. I want to know your picks, your day one picks for block finalists from block A and your block finalists from block B. Are we making these official predictions? Because I think we should make Garth choose because that'd be very funny. (laughs) I can't wait for Garth's final to be Lance Archer versus Evil and uh, Goto (laughs) versus Yano. Okay. Anyway, so my picks. Uh, am I going to be bold? Right. So I think my pick for Block A winner is, and I'm going to be bold. I think it's going to be Osprey. <laughs> okay, that is very, very bold. This that is, is very, very bold. bold. And I'm also rescinding on it because I realized how stupid it was. I'm no, you can't rescind. No, 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 no. It's not set in stone. This is not set in stone. I've not. Until both are picked, I've... it's not set in stone. I pick Ibushi. Fuck you. Um, and then. Block B. No, I was going to say Nightfall, but for reasons we'll go into, I do not want to see those two touch ever again. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm going to go with Ishii for Block B. Okay, so Block Finalists out of Block A, I am going to go Ibushi mm-hmm. and Okada with Ibushi going mm-hmm. over, going into the G1 final. Um, I think Osprey is in there as a spoiler. I think he's going to have, especially early on, I think he's going to have a couple of eye-opening losses to make him think, fuck, I need that transition again back into heavyweight. I, yeah, because I, I, 
I think, I think he could play the New Japan Cup made him cocky deal. I can honestly see Archer beating him on the opening night. Yeah, because it's in Texas, isn't it? So, yeah, exactly. that could make sense. And then in block B, I think you were looking at a Naito versus Jay White block final with mm. Ishii in third. I think that just it makes most sense. I think you've got the two massive, massive guys in there in Naito and Jay White. And I think that Jay White will go over there. And I think Ibushi beats Jay White in the final. That's an inter- that's actually quite an interesting. That that is a very interesting final, Jay White and Ibushi. It's something that has been protected as of yet. We talked earlier on the year about yeah. protected matches. We haven't had Jay White Naito. We haven't had Jay White Ibushi. Those are the two we haven't had. So let's have them as block Jay White finals. Ishii also we haven't had. Exactly. Oh no, again, man. Oh, that's going to be very exciting. Okay. <laughs> so have them as your block final and as your G1 final. I can't think of a better time to do it. I cannot think of that a was a very That was a very well thought out block there, as opposed to me just going, I want to see Ibushi and Ishii in the final. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I wouldn't hate that either. Um, so, just so, you did talk about predictions, Chris. I've got something yes. in the works. Okay? Bear oh. with me. All will oh. be revealed on the next podcast. I've got something oh, in the Christ. works. When are we actually going to introduce proper storylines into this? <laughs> <laughs> so, just quickly, the last thing we're going to talk about with G1 is, obviously, we talked about Dallas, and the card has been announced for Dallas. Um, and this is the tournament matches. So, we have got Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. We have got Evil taking on Bad Luck Farley. Sonada and Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta versus Kota Ibushi. Oh, my God. And your main event is going to be Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think For the you... first time off of Japanese style. Yes, I think this was a very, very wise booking choice. Exactly. This is what people wanted uh, G1 from what I saw. So, yeah, G1 Supercard, rather. Um this this is a very strong opening day. There's no real duds. Um, like even Evo and Fale last year was good, apart from one call from Kevin Kelly, which literally, um, I don't know if you watched this match, but um, Eve, so Fale attacked Evo with the barrier, walked back to the ring, and Kevin Kelly. So Evo walks back holding his ribs, and he, Kevin Kelly was like, "I wonder why he's holding his ribs." I'm like, "Well, Kevin, fucking bad luck, Fale, <laughs> who is." A- fucking mountain just <laughs> attacked him with a fucking barricade. I, I do remember this, yes. I do remember this. Um, I think it's because I was ranting about it in the group chat for like two days after it happened. Genuinely, I have I have not seen you that angry in a while. In fact, the last time it, well, you did get that angry about Bulbasaur, I suppose. Which, right, uh, but like, literally, the only time I ever get that angry is because of Kevin Kelly. Because he's awful. Kevin Kelly makes you that angry. He's awful. Now, if we look now back, we had Dominion. So moving on from the G1, we had Dominion. Now, this is the show we have had a review for uh, in the works for a while. It's just unfortunately with several things going on at work and things like that, I haven't had time to do it, um, which is a shame. Um, But we're here now to do it. So we're going to run through these matches, Chris, 
and you can give your takes. Your I would say hot takes, but again, this was 10 days ago, so we'll give our lukewarm takes. How about that? Yeah, we'll, we'll give our um, Star Wars Episode 3 takes. <laughs> so we opened with two singles matches. Now, the first of which was John Moxley taking on Shota Umino. Um, John Moxley going over in 3 minutes and 52 seconds with the Death Rider, is he calling it now? Yeah, that's what he's, ca- that's what he's calling it, which to be fair, is slightly better than Dirty Deeds, but also sounds like very... Yeah, yeah. It's in Japanese mostly, so it doesn't really matter. So, no. but then again, he's going to be in AEW. That is true, which is why he won't be appearing at the Dallas show, which is quite sad, really. I'd have liked yeah. to see that, but never mind. Bit so, of a shame, but this match was excellent, really good fun. Uh, <laughs> Shota got a couple of hope spots in that dive over the top rope to start the match, and then I think he just got one drop kick in before Moxley just absolutely laid the shit into him which is what we wanted um and then yeah pinned him with the death rider after four minutes and it was all and about claimed him as his pet claimed him as his pet which we'll go into in a minute because it was absolutely hilarious claimed that he wanted to be in on the g1 took a microphone told everyone that he was going into the g1 and then carried shota umino to the back his post-match interview chris was the greatest thing just the greatest he has kidnapped this poor boy like I wouldn't be surprised now if you want to book Moxley you also have to book Umino it's sort of like how if you book um, Sabu you also have to book that weird girl he, he goes around with like Umino is going to be his genie queen and <laughs> it's going to be amazing I can't wait it's going to be absolutely incredible because he said he needs he needs someone to show him round, doesn't he? <laughs> that was his thought. <laughs> he needs someone to show him round. Take me to a punky kid. And then he thought this is for Dean Ambrose because because it is a legitimate something a legitimate psychopath would do. This is Bedima what we wanted out of Mox as Ambrose. But then he just looked at him and went, "Wait, you can drive, can't you?" And he's just like, "Oh, <laughs> he's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant." I it, oh I can't wait. Going to be fantastic. So yeah, we've got a potential Moxley and Umino tag team. Moxley announcing that he will be part of the G1. Unfortunately, star ratings don't really reflect this match because you know it was a good match. It was what we asked for. It was what we wanted. It was Moxley beating the shit out of a young lion. We I think we gave it five stars um, out of ten. You no, know, exactly. It's a passable match, no botches, but really, like, the match wasn't the important part of the match. No, exactly. It was a vehicle for storyline, which is fine. And that also leads into our second match, which was the match between Satoshi, Satoshi Kojima and Shingo Takagi, with Shingo Takagi going over in 11 minutes and 14 seconds with the last of the dragon. Now, this is Kojima's best match in a very long time. A very, very long time, yes. Well, I, I say that he had a decent match against Walter, I think, in Repro, but also like they had Kojima go over and fuck that. Um, but yeah, I think like probably since his last G one, this is his best match. So yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. Shingo asked for more heavyweights; they gave him Kojima, and I just loved. There was no frills, nothing about this match. They laid the shit into each other. That moment where Shingo it was like to Kagi, old school, old style. Yeah, where Shingo Takagi went off the ropes for that pumping bomber, hit Kojima with it, that one that had taken down so many juniors, and Kojima stood there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that moment. Oh, 
just absolutely fantastic. They've built it, built it perfectly, and like Shingo has to be, and like at least an IC contender within the next year or two. Jesus Christ! Yeah, and like if you, that's like if you can work this good a heavyweight match with Kojima at this stage in Kojima's career, it's like the equivalent of when Ishii's working magic in Nagata. You know, you sort of just need to like game respects game and let him do his thing with the heavyweights because again, he's not a fucking junior. Look at him. Yeah. I agree. This was a really good match. Far better than I thought it was going to be. Kojima, no frills, just beat the shit out of him. I still hate, hate those machine gun chops. But They weren't even good back in the fucking early 2000s. No, they weren't. But again, this was a really, really good match. Again, Shingo went over with the last of the dragon after eventually landing that pumping bomber. Definitely the right result. Shingo then took the microphone and said that he wanted to enter the G1, which everyone went... Fucking hell, what? You. Oh my God, because ev- again, Chris, you mentioned it earlier. I think everyone had sort of guessed that Osprey was going to be a part of this G1 because, you know, look at him. You made him the never champion. Of course, he's a heavyweight now, despite all the, you know, is he a junior bullshit and the whole Hiromu's <laughs> not going to be back for the best of the super juniors. Well, we need you in the super juniors. Um, You know, despite all that, is, is that what Gator would sound like if he was English? It was more Harold May, to be very honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, despite all that, no one thought about... Despite saying, again, he's not a junior, look at the fucking state of him. Um, <laughs> but again, the fact that he is in this G1, the fact that, obviously, he's been confirmed now, absolutely incredible. The matches that man is going to have. And again, I've said it before, and I said it in the preview for the G1, that Shingo Takagi match with... Tomohiro Ishii, holy balls. Lariats for days. Oh my, for genuinely. Days. Like, one of my favourite matches in Dontaku was Ishii versus Evil. Oh yeah, my. Just lariated, God. Just lariating each other. For fuck. It's, it's for Suzuki and Evil. Oh, it's for Shibata and Ishii thing. More like. And just, I'm, I like that we have people who can do that now. I'm calling like, it finally now. Got to that point. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Shingo versus Ishii, match of block B. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see because you can you there's always surprises in the G1, so I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna call who's gonna put in amazing performances because I thought Elgin would last year and he disappointed me, and then came to Impact and started being amazing. What the fuck? But anyway. Yeah, true. Main event anniversary, <laughs> um, and then we came on to the third match. Speaking of people who did shit in. Uh... <laughs> In the, uh, in the G1, we had the team of Yoshihashi and Jushin Thunder Liger going over Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki in 9 minutes and 39 seconds with Yoshihashi picking up the pinfall over Zack Sabre Jr. with a King Koji. Now, Chris, I thought, yes. well, there's two reasons why Yoshihashi is um, picking up the pinfall over Zack Sabre Jr., which I think you can agree should never fucking happen. But one... No, it's... Like, it, it's weird anyway it's like acid rain exactly yoshihashi is challenging zack saber jr for the rev pro title um because meh because that's gonna draw all the money <laughs> all of the money all of the same company that booked pack versus osprey is now booking zack saber jr versus yoshihashi is that is that happening in england uh i don't know if it's been oh no no of course it's not it's happening kazuna road oh right Fuck. oh no I, yeah is, I... is it kazuna road or is that just a special singles match 
Um, we'll see. Um, I'll, ch- I, I'll check now while you're talking. Well, I know for a fact that the match is taking place on the 25th of June and Zack Sabre Jr.'s place in the G1 Climax is up for grabs if Yoshihashi wins. Now... Oh, fuck off. Hopefully, hopefully, Yoshihashi won here. So, fingers crossed, we are safe. We are safe. Now, we hate on Yoshihashi. Before that, about Brexit, Rob. Yeah, we hate on we hate on Yoshihashi massively. He's a boring, bland character with a boring, bland moveset. Well, apparently, no one hates Yoshihashi like Jushin Thunder Liger. This was the greatest bit of the entire show. This was a match that saw Kenta return, Shingo announced for the G1, and John Moxley announced for the G1, and this was still the best moment. Yoshihashi is sitting in the middle of the ring getting the absolute piss beaten out of him by Minoru Suzuki. Jushin Thunder Liger enters the ring, pushes Suzuki out of the way, belts Yoshihashi with a kick, and says, get up and fucking tag me in, stop being a wimp. And walked off again. And it was just a, oh my god. It's, it's like witnessing a granddad beat his 30-year-old son in public. It's like, it's old enough to be funny. It was just... It's just... Oh! I love it. I love it, it was, so much. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it was certainly special. Like, in, like, there's, there's like, there's, there's always that point every year where you know New Japan's getting bigger. You know, Chris Jericho turning up in 2017, um, Omega Okada setting the world of fire and fire as well, and then here where Jushin Lander Liger kicks his own tag team partner because fuck you, I want to fight Suzuki. Uh, you know, aside from that, there was there was some interesting bits. There was the stereo holds from Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. both holding in um, submission holds on Yoshihashi and Liger at the same time. Suzuki and Liger continuing to beat the shit out of each other. Question, do you think this is going all the way to I... the dome? I sort of felt drawn out already, to be honest. And, like, I understand... Wanting this to be the last few, but I think ha- it sounds as stupid as it sounds. They kind of need to cool this off if they're going to keep get have it happen at the dome. Best way to cool it off: G One Climax. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're gonna have a few month break, and then we're gonna hit the shit out of each other. And oh fuck, well they're both in tag league. <laughs> Liger won't be in tag league, surely. Yeah, but like, fucking. I don't know, throw him in there with Yoshihashi, he can eat the pins because Liger will be beating him, beating the shit out of him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I don't know. I'd... The only other place that this would happen is King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah, um, power struggle, maybe. I don't think. They've built this up too much. I can't see them throwing it away at power struggle. No. To be honest, this felt... I thought, are we doing it? I'm surprised they're not... When's Liger? To be fair, they might do have a J-Cup because they need to break up matches there. Surely Liger will be in the J-Cup. I could, yeah, I do hope he's in the J-Cup. I'm, I'm curious he's in there. It's, just, it's a shame we don't have more time, Rob, because I kind of want to discuss the J-Cup, but oh well. Well, if we've got enough time afterwards, we'll have a look at the J-Cup. We could potentially have a look at it. Um, well, we, not, has anyone been announced yet? Uh, not as far as I'm aware. I just know it's between... It is a joint venture with Ring of Honor and CMLL. Well, obviously, that's what the J-Cup is. They bring people in. Oh, well. There we go. We then had... Oh, God. Okay, so the team of Raisuke Takuchi, Juice Robinson, Hiroshi Tanahashi 
going over the Bullet Club team of Taiji Shimori, Chase Owens, and Switchblade Jay White in nine minutes and 48 seconds. Now, Chris, it, says, it says here on the official New Japan website that Hiroshi Tanahashi mm-hmm. beats Chase Owens with a modified sling blade. Okay. <laughs> Fuck off. If that move was a modified sling blade. That is. But I don't even know what it is. It's 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 a move that Kevin Nash has in video games. I know that much. It's like the elbow to the chest, and it's like and like you know that Kevin Nash wouldn't actually do it because he takes as little bumps as possible. But like it's a move that they give Kevin Nash for some reason. It looked like a botched What's Goto's move? Is it GTR? GTR, yeah. Goto Revolution, that's Kevin Kelly would have. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like a really horrendously botched one of those. Yeah, it looks like that if Goto had no knees, which, to be fair, Tanner doesn't. Well, no, that's true. I mean, Chase Owens, I don't know whether he went down too early or whether Tanahashi just didn't call it right, but it looked awful. And it wasn't a great match anyway, to be perfectly honest. It was a bit meh. Nothing really happened. Yeah, it was like... It's a Kazuna Roadshow um, main event, pr- mostly, and like I don't know. I think we'd look. I think we'd be putting this much time into it if it wasn't for that um, weird ending. I do hope they find some better. I don't know why he doesn't just use the Dragon Suplex. Why doesn't he just use the Cloverleaf? Why doesn't he just use? Like, I guess he does. He, when it comes to the G one, you can't be tapping everyone out because Tana's is Katana can't like fall down that much. <sighs> no, I suppose not. But even so, that move was, just, it was like, abysmal. Since this move was obviously not ready, just tap out Owens here and think of something for G1 because you have a month. Exactly. Well, Chase Owens isn't exactly going to be affected by the pinfall, is he? Or by sort of tapping out to a cloverleaf? He's had, he's had his token um, title feud for the year. Just for, tap him out, yeah. I think, to be perfectly honest, this is more of a chance to get Jay White and Hiroshi Tanahashi on the card because you can't have Dominion without the two, you know, two of the biggest names on the card. But yeah, um, what a to waste. be fair, I think it's a bit unfair to throw Ishimori in here considering his, he wasn't doing so well at this point. Like you couldn't notice it, but like you see the reports of him being injured. Tanahashi or Chase? Um, no, it wasn't Ishimori injured coming out of um, Super Genius. Oh, Ishimori was injured coming out of Super Genius, yeah, because um, he. That botch pile driver with Marty Skrull. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Phantasma's not on the cut. Oh, no, he had repro um, commitments, didn't he? Yes. Fucking use Eagles, then. Like, use someone who isn't Ishimori, because... He looked yeah. he looked in poor condition in this match. Nothing, Absolutely. nothing helped this match. And the fact that we spent most of our time talking about a botched finishing move tells you how little you actually need to... Like, I, I, this match isn't worth rating... Really? I don't even know what I'd give it at this point. Probably a four. I think we gave it five, but we can we can certainly change it to four in retrospect. I, I, I think we were being kind to it, just because it feels weird giving Tanner anything below a seven. It was, it was, it was not a great match. It was not a great match. Fair, it was difficult to endure. This is, it's this match which has made me worried about Tanner and Magia 1. I haven't watched much of Kazuna Road, so I don't know how well he's doing now. but We'll see. We, he might be protected, and fingers crossed, he will be protected in that tournament. Because I can't, I can't have a tournament where Tanahashi puts away because Dutsuro Okada he, he's with that fucking through, finish. He worked injured in the twenty seventeen, and he still did really well. So, you know, we'll see. 
Well, he won the 2018 when he was injured. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, and to be fair, Tanner Tanner's always fucked because he's he literally carried the company on his back for like he tried really hard against Yujiro back in the day to show you how much he had to carry that company. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. we then moved on to our first championship bout, which was the never openweight championship match between Tomohiro Ishii and Tai Chi, with Tomohiro Ishii taking the title of Tai Chi once again in Tai Chi's first defense after 11 minutes and 16 seconds after the vertical drop brainbuster. This was a really fun match, Chris. Absolutely. Like, Tai Chi has definitely improved since this time last year, which was very hard to, to improve on perfection, but Rob, he's done it. <laughs> and... <laughs> Listen, I do love the story of Vitel first. Tai Chi drops his Tai Chi-ness for Ishii. Like, he'll keep some of the things. Like, he'll keep um, his valet, who I keep forgetting, um, Abe. Mio Abe. And he'll keep, yeah, and he'll keep um, the stripper pants, because, like, you don't, you just, that's not something you just let go of, Rob. Once a stripper, always a stripper. Yep, 100%. Um, <laughs> so, but in, in this match, just. Ah, oh, fuck. It was like... Oh, it, I've been watching a lot of All Japan Hat matches, Rob, and it was kind of like that. Not to the same degree. Like, Stan... Like, Ichi isn't exactly Stan Hansen in terms of trying to injure people. But... Oh, yeah. Just so stiff. So stiff. And t- to be fair, Taichi's been doing really good in this Never Roll. Like, um, his match against Cobb was really good. Matches against Osprey. Um, he's, uh, this, he's morphed into this really credible mid-carder. He has. Um, From this time last year where he was a pin eater. Yeah. I I like the exchange between the lariats and the kicks. Um, I liked the hearkening back to their uh, mentors. Um, I thought that was a really cool (laughs) spot, actually, and I think the commentary team did a fantastic job of signing that much. I know you hate Kevin Kelly. Um, What is your opinion on Tai Chi once Uh, again? Chris Shouten did a really good. (laughs) I'm very mad because first... I don't because like we we both agree that um because New Japan has so many belts they need their own defined style which we were so which is why we were so high on Moxley versus Jeeks. Correct. Ishi, this this is what the Nevertire needs to be like two people beating the shit of each other like Makabe um Ishi Wrestle Kingdom Nine type stuff. And that this is what this was. And problem is Taichi only ever really does this against Ishi. So I'm like on the one hand if Ishi has a good run. Like a good run, I'd say keep it on until at least a fucking dome, like, um, and sort of master never belt back into that. I'm very happy because Goto sort of destroyed that belt last year with like how much she ended up flip flopping with it. Like, ah, yeah. and like, it's it's very it speaks volumes that Osprey didn't manage to save Osprey and Ibushi Reigns didn't manage to save the belt, and like, I think I'm right in saying that we haven't had many defenses with. <laughs> a successful t- defense many reigns of a successful defense all year like osprey had a defense didn't he did he osprey had no. two he had no, one he didn't. In, I think, oh. he did he had one in rev pro which i'm not entirely sure is canon and then he had a second where and i'm not joking he defended successfully against dalton castle at honor rising oh fuck i forgot that was at honor right right so right so with the exception of osprey Every title, every reign, I think since Gota, no, since fucking Tai Chi, last, his last reign, all of them have been one zero defense reigns. Correct. So like, you're really, we're sort of really delegitimized this title, and like hot potato in can work, but we did it too much. 
They need so, a long reign now. I think this needs to be the end. Yeah, and Ishii's... We said this for, like, the last bunch of champions, like, but Ishii's a perfect person to hold this for a long time. Because, like, Ishii, they're not going to give him a big title push, but they're not also want him to be on the card. So this is the perfect way to do it. And have him hold it to the dome. Have him... I'd, I'd say have him elevate people. Like, this is the perfect belt to try and elevate people. It worked for Osprey. So why not for anyone else? And against Ishii, anyone can be legitimate. So I'm, I'm sad that Taichi lost because, again, absolute favorite. But Ishii sort of what this title needs if they book him right. Correct. What we don't need is yet another one defense champion. We could do with a couple of defenses, get him to take it to the dome where you need your best matches. You need Ishii in a prevalent spot, especially if you are doing two nights at the Tokyo Dome. Have Ishii defending a title in a a high-profile spot in a 15-minute match against someone who literally they are going to beat the living piss out of each other. Do you know what I'd love to see? Ishii versus Shingo for that title at the Dome. Oh, exactly. And you have all this time to build up. You could have, you could build it up through G1 because Ishii's going to eat at least like three or four pins during the G1. Like. Yeah. So have make him go through like this gauntlet of challenges. Exactly. Have Ishii hold it till dome. Have him take on Shingo. I guarantee that will sell. I'll, that will sell tickets alone. Never mind. You know, whatever. We should. Re- we should replace. We should replace Geddo. <laughs> I don't think we should, Chris. I don't think we should. <laughs> right. Okay. Virtual, like Taichi would be IWGP champion by the time the year is out. But one hundred percent, yes, he would be. The viewership would go through the, year, the roof because I will buy all the new Japan world subscriptions. <laughs> Oh, Chris, the sixth match. Jesus Christ, we differed on this one. So, the Gorillas of Destiny against Evil and Sonata, an IWGP Tag Team Championship match with the Gorillas of Destiny retaining their championships in their third defense after Tamatonga pinged Evil... We didn't especially disagree. ...in 16 minutes and 38 seconds with a roll-up. I am sick, so sick of seeing this fucking match. I did some research the other day. The only defense that hasn't involved one of these two teams, um, both of these two teams at one point uh, somewhere in the match, was that defense at um, New Beginning with ZSJ and Suzuki. Other than that, it's been these two teams, and I agree, I'm totally fucking sick of it. But at the same time, Evil and Sonata are about to go on the mini pushes to get every image you want, so they're going to be off doing that. Um, god's off to like um fucking the fight. ring of honor so like these two will have some time part and hopefully some new teams will come up and they just need that but that being said this is probably the best of their million matches it is they worked well together the pace was a lot quicker they seemed to be more focused it didn't plod it didn't overstate welcome you know as much as their no. fucking world tag league final did um, but this was a good match where PCO didn't have to take crazy bumps. Yeah, which is a shame because I love PCO. <laughs> but I mean, again, once again, fucking shenanigans, fucking Jada, yeah. and just yeah. um, you know, we had Jada, then we had Bushi, then we had a kendo stick, then we had Mist, then we had, and it's just like, stop trying to make this match work. Stop it. It doesn't... It's Bad just, Yeah. Learn to book a tag division. 
Because I'm not joking, Chris, now. I'm not saying anything about this match because the match was what it was. It's the same match we've seen 400 times. It was just slightly quicker and slightly better worked because Evil and Sonata are decent in the ring. We need uh, so more is tag Tana. teams. So is Tanga's for we, we do. And, like, to be honest, just import them from Ring of Honor for a tour. Like, you're not going to... If you're just going to have G.O.D. hold on to the towers for a while, just import um, some... Like, so, there's so many teams you can bring from other places that will work. You look at who they could like, have. Look, it's just and see it from ridiculous. CMRL, there's, I'm sure there's loads of teams. Um, you got then you go to Ring of Honor where you could have the Briscoes, which yeah, it's not the most exciting thing, but it's not this. Um, who else is there? Lethal and Gresham, they're a team. Um, CCK are in Repro, that could work. Then again, Bruce Brooks is contracted to DDT, so maybe not. But like Aussie Open, Aussie Open are fucking great. Why not them? They need someone. Because yeah. I've got a horrible feel. Well, I haven't got a horrible feeling. I think that the Gorillas of Destiny are holding on to these till the dome. Because I'm there's fine just with that. No I, I do like the Gorillas of Destiny. I know, but they're just they're such a one-dimensional team. They don't bring any excitement to the ring. I don't get excited for a Gorillas of Destiny title defense, Chris. They they had to add the fucking Young Bucks into the Wrestle Kingdom match. Just to make it exciting, because nobody was asked. Very true. The last, the last God match I was excited for was their like, the first match they had with the Bucks. To be fair, and to be fair, that was really good. But then again, it's the Bucks. I, I think they're fine champions. I, I do agree with you. I don't get excited for matches with them, but like, I can't remember the, with the exception of the Bucks and the Lovers, which isn't really fair because the Lovers were never seriously in the tag division. I can't think of a proper tag team I've been excited for in the heavyweight division since the Bucks. Okay, let me ask you this then, Chris. With the dissolution now of Killer Elite Squad, who were the only other legitimate heavyweight tag team, I mean, technically, Evil and Sonata aren't a legitimate tag team. Give me a heavyweight no, tag team. Um, I can't. <laughs> there isn't one. I can't. I d- no, I agree with you, this division's very weak, what I'm saying. And, weak? like, honestly... It- I I no it's non-existent yes, but I don't know I don't I I don't know how they've got to this point. I think we've just sort of neglected the tag division, and I don't think it's God's fault. It's definitely not God's. It's fault. not God's fault. No, I th- I think you you were putting a lot of blame on them, and I think you just need somewhere to direct that because. Like, if there was a good division around them, I would be very happy with them being champions. This is one case where they really need to start using... Until they've rebuilt that division, they need to start using their connections. Like, they need to start importing people. 2017, we had a repeated, just constantly, War Machine, Killer Elite Squad, and G.O.D. That was the three. And you would just have a carousel of those three matches. And we are getting... So close to doing that again with Evil and Sonata and the Gorillas of Destiny. That was better though back in 2017. That because they, they worked stronger together. Potentially, but now like Chris, One Machine and Kill. Go on. One Machine and Kill Elite Squad were objectively better opponents for um, God than Lij. I just I don't understand now where we go from here. I mean, the obvious thing is to do I, what I, all Japan do. And literally just put any single stars that aren't doing anything in the in the heavyweight picture, build them up through the tag division. So have go to Have a new know, Japan 
you try to have done this before? Like Shibata and Goto, we did that with um, Yano and Ishii. Um, fucking Great Bash Shield in the latest incarnation. That was built up through Tag League. Like, they can build things through Tag League and they definitely... They, do, they can't really afford to stall until Tag League at this point. You really but, can't. But, like, that's the best... Like, start, start building. Like, have some team stories going into Tag League you can build. I mean, for God's sake, what is Goto doing at the moment? Fuck all. Um, Sweet FA. Yeah. Um, put him too with... Bad for, for the next... Well, yeah, G1, but just put him with anyone. I don't care. Now that, to be fair, now that Chaos and Main Unit are together, there's much, there is a lot of opportunity there. Goto and Cobb. Yeah, but Cobb's not a full member. Um... Goto and Mania. Goto and Nagata, why not? Wouldn't hate Goto and Nagata? Absolutely not. No, just... like, it's not the point where you can bring back Kojima and Tenzan, and despite the fact that Tenzan is about as mobile as the cars in the scrap heap about two miles from my house, <laughs> I'd, I'd be fine with that because it's something different, and at least Tenzan's willing to take punishment. No. Too I fair, never, though, ten... ever, ever want to see Tenzan in a ring again. Ever. He gave me the le- he's given me the worst rated match in um, Young Line history. To be fair, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't. You see his ankle and you're for the like, record Holy that shit. was Nagata and for the record that was um, Nagata and Naganishi versus Kojima and Tenzan. Oh, that just sounds like such a terrible, terrible match. I I, I spent half that match looking at the clock on um, on the wall of the gymnasium it was being held in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, not a lot to really talk about in that match. As you can tell, we've just slagged off the tag division. However, third to the top of the card, we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match between the champion Dragon Lee in his second defense, taking the pin off Will Ospreay, the challenger, and the best of the Super Juniors 26 winner. Will Ospreay winning the match in 20 minutes and 7 seconds after a Stormbreaker. Fucking hell, this was great. Just holy fucking fuck. Like, and like for the junior standards, they were not, they weren't too stupid. No, they weren't. They weren't. Like, the, when, the dumbest thing was a bit of a, I want to say ill thought out, but like no one was her um, dive when it was sort of like a doomsday device off of the barrier. It's sort of like what we saw in Blackpool, actually, except from a barrier. Yeah, that. That suicide dive with Osprey sat on the guardrail and then the suicide dive threw onto the guard. Just absolutely insane. And Dragon Lee doesn't miss a step. He goes full fucking force. He fucking goes with force. such and a like... fucking pace. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's just unbelievable. Like, there's no botches, which considering how complex, not stupid, complex, some of these spots were, is quite Amazing. I mean, you look, even and... you look at the poison rana off the apron onto the floor with Osprey landing on his feet. Jesus, actual fuck. I know. How has he done that? It, the man's just absolutely I know. insane. And this comes days after um, an end of a, ter- a grueling tournament. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, Melt has given this five stars. Yeah. And. I find that really, really difficult to disagree with. Really difficult because it's such I, a good I match. Think, I think what really hurt this match was the Shingo match. 
um, a few days, days before. before. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's sort of like if you had Omega Ishii versus Omega Okada two days apart. And, like, of course, no one's going to remember um, Omega Ishii, despite how amazing that was, because Omega Okada <laughs> has just happened. It's literally that. And I'd, I'd agree 10 out of 10, not to the same extent as... Not to the same extent as Shingo versus... Osprey. Think, yeah, like, honestly, we, this is on the level for me as a White and Osprey from earlier in the year. Yeah, really, really, really good match. Everything, even though complex, nothing was botched, nothing was ruined, everything worked, everything was fast-paced, every move worked, you know, even the most complex spots. Osprey really, really, again, had to work to beat Dragon Lee. And, just yeah, an excellent, excellent match. I think we gave this 10, I think. Yeah, uh, may- maybe we gave it 9, but it's, it, 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 could be, it could be either or, to be fair. Or four if you're Jim Cornette. <laughs> we then moved on to Neck Break the Musical. This was uncomfortable. Uh, this is before, I, I, can I quickly talk, talk about how this rivalry has made... Like, this rivalry has been oh, we want to hurt each other. Which, like, the, the New Japan Cup match and the um, G1 special match yeah, there were some really scary things in that, especially in the New Japan Cup match. But it wasn't this. Like, but I don't want this feud to continue for the sake of both of them. I'm like, and I don't mean in the sort of insincere way Kevin Kelly was putting it over. Fuck off. But, like, literally for the sake of two of my favourites in New Japan, please keep them apart for a while because they're literally killing each other. Right. I'm going to disagree. Uh huh. Just because it seems to be the thing that Ibushi wants to do, and ultimately, who are we to argue that one spot? And yes, it is the thing that everyone is talking about in this match: it's German suplex on the outside, and Naito completely got his angles wrong. And Ibushi yeah, no, that, is that was a bad. Although, did you see that what culture put out a hit piece on New Japan after this? I didn't see that. No. Um, fucking so Adam Cleary, who's like not their New Japan guy, came on and was like, "Oh, New Japan's so dangerous." And I'm looking at it going, "Let's look at the amount of injuries WWE has compared to the amount of injuries that New Japan has." Oh, that's right. Fuck off. I don't think you can classify New Japan as dangerous from this one thing. It was a botch. It wasn't. No. You look at the things that were meant to hurt each other, or you know, again to. Yes, they're always going to drop themselves on their necks because that's what they do. Is that dangerous? Of course it's dangerous. Okay, but so is driving a car. Okay, these two men want to do this in this way. That's what they want to do. Do I enjoy watching it? Fuck yeah. Do I like seeing them have their necks potentially broken? No. But unfortunately, that is the world we live in. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. Things are going to go wrong. You can break your neck taking a power bomb, which unfortunately happened to Droz. You can break your neck taking a flat back bump if you take it wrong. AJ Styles can, has broken. You can have necks. to retire because of a. You can have to retire because of a botched knees to the corner, which happened to Paige. Exactly. Like the and everything we just mentioned happened in WWE. 
So you can't pretend that New Japan is exceptionally dangerous. Now, I would say what Naito and Ibushi did in this match should be done once a year. Yeah, they shouldn't make a an show entire like feud out of trying to break each other's necks. No, I agree. Which they, which they, which they did. And to be fair, the G1 special match was not at all dangerous. With the exception of that one Hurricane Rana, but Ibushi does that. That's a signature spot of Ibushi, and he knows how to do it. Yeah. Um, it's no more dangerous than half the shit they're doing two or five lives. Um, but that um, because of that, what happened, that power driver in the first match, they've sort of built the feud off of that, and like this is the natural culmination of this feud. And I kind of want, as much as I'm not bored of these matches, I want this feud to end. They have great chemistry together. They have Absolutely. really good chemistry together. They've never and... had less than a nine together. And this match was outstanding. Do not go into this match and think this is ruined by the botch, because it's not. It's a botch. It's horrendous. But nobody now, you know, two years on, nobody is looking at that Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull match, a five-star rated match from Sakura Genesis, where Will Ospreay attempts a Spanish fly on the apron, okay, and almost kills himself because he hits his head on the end of the apron. No hit pieces were published about that, okay? But because these two try and, you know, make these moves look incredibly dangerous and one of them's backfired, suddenly there is all this heat around it. It's wrestling. I like watching it. Okay? If that's what they want to do. And you see Naito go to him afterwards and go, are you okay? As does the referee. Mm -hmm. And clearly, if a do you honestly think, does anyone honestly think if Ibushi wasn't okay, they would have carried on? Of course fucking uh, no, not. New, New, New Japan competitors are very tough. It doesn't mean they're stupid. Exactly. If Ibushi is knocked senseless, if he's got, apparently, um, Kevin Kelly and Chris Chandler spoke to him, he hasn't even got concussion. No. Um, and like, I don't concussion know how, can come, but... Concu- concussion can come from the smallest, the smallest, well, not, uh, not this isn't the smallest thing I'm about to say, but like the hidden blade, which was just like a botched punch, which again can happen anywhere. They work stiff, and that uh, there's less catastrophic. In, like there was two, there's one I can recall in 2017 about Shibata, and then like there was two last year, which I think would have been Honda and Taka. Like there's one or two injuries that people actually have to go a year in New Japan and take serious time off. And part of it is, like, the fact that they do tour, but it's not as grueling as the WWE tour schedule. They actually have time off. So no. New Japan are smart enough to book things like this around the fact that they're going to need time off. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, look, it was a great match. I'm not dismissing the spot. The spot was horrible, but it was a botch, okay? Botches happen in wrestling. Okay, we get over it. The match Everyone's itself fine. Was near perfect. Yeah, exactly. This was probably <sighs> it was better than their New Japan. It's Cup not the best in the feud. I it's think... not bad. I don't think it's better than the New Japan combat. Mm. Okay, no. no. I know. I, I think concede. it's because I think it's because it it had been so long. It it was like since the last year one, but since we saw this match, so we forgot how much we tried to kill each other and like the pa- that. Tombstone on the fucking apron. You can't, like, nothing with the exception of that botch has matched that level yet. Okay. I will say that I think this match is 
better than the G1 Supercard match. Absolutely. Like, without a doubt, this is better than the G1 Supercard match. Yeah. So, really good match. Please check it out. Don't judge it on that botch. Go and check it out because it is an absolutely outstanding match. And and, and understand that world culture cannot talk about New Japan people driving themselves to tears when they do back to their own workers. I don't know anything about that, so... Here at Podmania, we do not drive each other to tears. We're in tears independently of Podmania. <laughs> um, we should note as well that Tetsuya Naito defeated Kota Ibushi to gain the Intercontinental Championship in 22 minutes and 6 seconds with a Destino. Ibushi's second I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of sad that Ibushi didn't get up for longer. He really suits that belt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Up until Naito got the Intercontinental Championship... I was all for Naito winning the G1. This changed my mind. Yeah, um, but they're telling that story, aren't they? They're telling the Naito wants to be a double champion story. And to be fair, I'm against Naito winning the G1 because Okada and Naito never do main event quality. Well, New Japan main event quality matches. I don't know. Their match at Wrestle Kingdom 12 wasn't bad. I think it was just marred by the fact that it wasn't the result everyone it thought was... it was going to be. No, it was. It was. they have really good, solid matches. Never a match of the year candidate. What did they get for Wrestle Kingdom 12? They got th- four and three quarters, didn't they? At um, at Wrestle Kingdom 12. And Maybe. They did, because it followed yeah. Jericho and Omega, and Jericho and Omega got five. five. Um, I thought, again, it you know it suffered a bit because it followed that. I think it suffered a bit because Naito, I think just everyone in the Tokyo Dome just assumed Naito was getting this, and he didn't. Yeah, but the thing is, a match can be ruined by the wrong outcome. Do you think that was? I don't think it was ruined. At the end of the day, it was really good. I don't, I don't. It would have been better if Naito won, maybe. But at the same time, New Japan never takes the first opportunity to do anything. So you can't really, you can't really judge a New Japan match on the outcome. To be fair, like Shingo, for example, Shingo versus Osprey would have been equally amazing, no matter who won. No. Whereas here, uh, whereas there, like maybe not. I just, I'm not excited by the thoughts of another Naito card feud. Fair enough. I can be proven wrong. I've been proven wrong in the past by the stupidest things. It, so, yeah, I might be wrong, but like at this very moment, it does not get my loins burning. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. So we move on to our main event, which was the <laughs> IWGP Heavyweight Championship match with Kazuchika Okada, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, retaining his belt over the challenger Chris Jericho in 25 minutes and 43 seconds in, uh, what can I call it, bollocks. Um, I, we, we have, we again have, we, this is one where we do definitely have differing opinions. No, I think this match is very good. I think the ending. This is a really good match. It's bullshit. The ending wasn't great, but like, so we'll, we'll get there in a second. What I will say is that I love Jericho's current style. It's one of those things where it doesn't necessarily create stellar matches. Like, for example, his match at um, Double or Nothing. This was about on that part, to be fair. Um, like, but his Bruder Brody esque fuck you style. I, I am in, I'm really enjoying it. Something different. This didn't feel like a standard Okada defense, which made me enjoy it more because as we've noted, despite the fact they're objectively amazing, I'm halfway sick of Okada defense, standard Okada defenses. Jericho said he was going to take Okada out of his comfort zone, and he did that in this match. The scenes apart, mm. 
very, very early on where Jericho had an answer for everything. You've got the patronizing hand tap on the ropes from Okada, and before he could finish it, Jericho poked him in the eyes. You've got the spot where Okada comes flying over the fence, and Chris Jericho countered it into a code breaker, which looked fucking brilliant. No, exactly. This subverted all of Okada's signature spots, which is, I think, might be partly why Osaka was mad. Because they did not get to see any of Okada's signature spots. But including Jericho the did fantastic heel. He did. He performed so fantastically as a heel throughout this match. He didn't give Okada the chance to pull off the Rainmaker, to do anything like that. No. Now, the problem that I did have with this match, okay, um, you know, just quickly before that, we had Okada perform a uh, co-breaker. Fucking brilliant. Um, the problem I had with this match was the fact that the ending, not even the fact that it was... Came a out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Not only was it a stopped... Was it a stopped, like, sunset flip or something? And Okada just sat down and pinned him. Not only was yeah, it... Yeah, it was like a bulldog, Bret Hart ending. Yeah, and not only did it come out of nowhere, there was so no Garth lead up to it. it, and I think the crowd felt a bit shortchanged. Do I think that they should have had the booing that they had? No. I think that was because they didn't... Like, normally, the, even if it's a somewhat weak main event, the ending promo tends to send the crowd home happy. Well, this, sort of, this, this was like a very WWE ending. Do you know what, though? I loved it. I loved it just it because great. Chris Jericho... So, basically, this match ends... A really good match, a really good match. I think it was probably an 8 out of 10. Um, but... Do you know what? No, seven, because the ending pissed me off that much. Um, but then... Uh, you see, I, f- I, still think it's, I still think it's an eight. We'll talk about it off air, Chris. We'll have our production <laughs> meeting off air. Um, so, Okada goes to do the typical, you know, send-off to the crowd uh, when Jericho attacks him, beats him to from pillar to post, when Hiroshi Tanahashi enters to try and save his friend. And basically, this is setting up now Jericho... Versus Tanahashi. That's probably going to be King of Pro Wrestling. I would have thought so, yes. I would have thought so. I imagine Jericho will turn up at the G1 final and attack him. And then Tanahashi versus Jericho. I mean, it's either that. I mean, could it headline one of the destruction shows? Is Jericho going to turn up to a destruction show? It's not small enough for destruction. It's not big. It's too big for a destruction show. But maybe Power Struggle. It could headline Power Struggle. Don't forget Jericho headlined Power Struggle last year with Evil in another really good match for the IC Championship. So it could potentially be on that show as a special singles. Is this Jericho's weakest New Japan match, do you think? No. I think his first think match Evil with Naito weak? at Dominion last year wasn't great. That was that was my least favourite. I thought it was my... I, really, I, I raved about his match except... with Evil. Yeah, but the thing is, his one with and none of his New Japan matches have been bad. I don't think there's one below an eight, in my opinion. But at the same time, that what that first one with Naito was just so unexpected. I think it was his second match in New Japan. Yeah, he just had. I say just, you know, at Wrestle Kingdom that year, he'd had that barnstormer with Kenny Omega. We'd seen this new brawling style of Chris Jericho, and I think the Naito match at Dominion fell significantly short of his match with Omega. And yeah, you can say, oh, well, it's Omega. Well, 
yeah, but they were different matches. You then look at the match that Jericho and Naito put on at Wrestle Kingdom 13, and that was infinitely Other than better. Nine, wasn't it? I believe it was a nine, yeah. Other than nine we gave up. And that was significantly better. So I don't think it's a fact that it was Naito. I think it was more a fact that it just, I don't know, it didn't flow. It didn't feel right. Sure, the ending, you know, Jericho I don't think ended it was up meant the Intercontinental to, Championship well, was a bit weird, but say again. I, I don't I don't think it was meant to no, no, I feel just, right. I don't know. I did, that's the Jericho's one I enjoyed least. Jericho's not meant least. to feel right in New Japan in his current character. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with oh, that. I... Overall then, Chris... Dominion 2019. How would you feel? I've, I've, I, feel, I feel like I've been saying this all year. This is a really, really, really strong show. Really strong. But if you compare it point to point with last year, it's probably not as good. Which is fair. It's not fair because the last two years have been headlined by Okada Omega, which is part, probably the best for some of the matches in history. Yeah. Like and the be- like, they're probably the best opponents against each other, other than like maybe Masawa and Kabashi. So, like, it's really not fair to compare them apples to oranges here. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time watching this. Like, every match at least gave me something to giggle about, at the very, very least. At the very least. So yeah. I did thoroughly enjoy this show. This, this is probably New Japan's strongest show this year. Now, nah, Wrestle Kingdom stronger, but like, this is a really strong show. It was a really strong show. I think that the New Japan Cup uh, sorry not the New Japan Cup the best of the Super Juniors final was probably just the strongest show um, uh, yeah because the three um, main events well the two main events really because you know White and Tana but yeah but, but it's a more exciting show maybe not objectively better in terms of work rate if that makes sense yeah no, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's, you know, it's like it's it's like the difference between like between the Eagles live as a very polished live act, but really boring to watch, and going to a dingy little venue um, tucked away in your local city and watching a local punk band. It's kind of a difference. Yeah, I agree with that. Looking back on what I've just said, now I think Dominion was a better show. I think Best of Super Juniors was just a little bit more exciting. I think that's. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable thing to say. This, this show didn't set the world on fire, but it was still really good. Had some real high points out of the entire night. Definitely go and see the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match and definitely go and see the Intercontinental Championship match. Um, the match between Shingo and uh, Satoshi Kojima, really good match. Bit underestimated, really. Didn't really anticipate it being that good. Um, obviously, you had the Kenta reveal, which we, you know, with we sort of skipped over, but we sort of covered it. We no, did. We sort of covered it. I need to say this. I, I, so I did mark out when it was Shabbat's music because I've, I've, this happened. Like Shabbat will come out like once or twice a year, and in the back of your head, there's that small voice going, "Holy shit, he's back!" He's, but he's no, he's never going to be back. I actually never want him back after he, he almost fucking died. But like, it's still like it doesn't help how like emotional his music sounds anyway. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I to, 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 to be fair, like as much as I love Kenta, I was so deflated when I realised it was it wasn't Shibata. I just love Shibata. It's like whenever you're actually making killing right now. My five. Go on. Yeah. No. Exactly. Except and with not Night Hart, so you just get it just gets over with, and it's like, oh right, why, why did I expect Bret Hart to be fighting Alexa Bliss? Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, it, you know, overall, really good show. 
can't really say anything else really that's the end of the podcast thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen so thank you for listening check us out on twitter on facebook check us out at podmania podcast youtube and instagram it's at real podmania you can talk to me on twitter it's at real rob goodwin chris where can they find you at candy chris 97 you can follow garth it's at garth mania if you want to follow an old man getting shouty and angry at people on the internet always good fun Dude, to go and watch he started doing rap through he started doing rap through our actual accounts check our account out it's always funny when garth's <laughs> but, in but charge the there's a massive disparity there's, there's an absolute disparity between the three of us because you're very professional when you post I'm like very shit posty and then Garth is just angry <laughs> Garth is an angry man um, again keep your eye out for something that will be announced on the Twitter and the Facebook page in relation to the G1 I don't even know what this is and you don't you've been kept in the dark and you'll be continued to keep in the dark until I've finished it so yeah, just bear that in mind. Um, thank you so much for listening again, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, all podcasting po- platforms, iTunes, Apple Play. Uh, Apple Play? No, that's wrong. <laughs> Google Play. Google Play. Um, all those things you can find us Apple on. Play? <laughs> yeah, definitely check out Apple Play. That's and definitely on your X Station 5. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you guys your again play soon. Box. <laughs> You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Podmania.